This is Prevent Defense, the podcast. What is going on, everybody? This is the Prevent Defense podcast brought to you by Radio.com Sports. I am Elliot Shore Parks, but we have the one and only, as always, Brian Baldinger here with us. He's getting ready to, I'm sure, first class private jet down to Miami where the world needs him right now because it is Super Bowl week. Everyone is down there. Baldy, what's going on, my man? Well, you're you're partially correct on some of that right there, Elliot. I, I, there is no private jet, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I've been out here at the NFL Network, and we've been doing a lot of network shows from here, getting ready for some of the X's and O's about the game. And we'll go down there, and uh, you know, we'll take it on head on when we go down there, Elliot. You know, we'll take on the nightlife. We'll take on the uh, all of the activities. We'll take on media row. We'll do it all. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to uh, to get to Sunday, man. Where it's kind of like the finish line. So I'm ready to roll. So how many Super Bowls have you been to? Because I've been to four, which feels like a lot for me. But I would imagine your number is significantly higher. Well, I have been to every single Super Bowl, Elliot, since Super Bowl 25. Oh, there we go. So this will be um, your 25th. Then. 19, 1991, uh, Giants and Buffalo Bills. My brother was in that, but I. I went to the Super Bowl my rookie year, which was at the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolphins and Redskins. Redskins beat us, the Cowboys, in the championship game. Then they they won the Super Bowl that day at the Rose Bowl. And so I've been to that one and a smattering of the others before Super Bowl 25, but since Super Bowl 25. So this is almost 30 in a row right now for me. So a lot of people say that championship weekend – is kind of like the last real weekend of the NFL because you don't have the two weeks of Super Bowl hype. You have the teams playing at home, all that stuff. Um, from being at Super Bowls, I can see what they mean. I mean, like the Super Bowl itself, it is a football game, obviously, but sometimes it can feel like more of an event than a game. Just curious yeah. where where you fall on that. I mean, do you do you view Championship Week as the last week, or do you feel like the Super Bowl, you know, does a good job of actually being a football game as opposed to an event. I think it's it's a real blend. I mean, I I'll be on media row um, most of tomorrow and Friday doing a lot of different things, Elliot. And we'll they they will because it's me. They they will ask me, you know, pointing questions about the Super Bowl. But I know I'm going to get to the parties and the nightlife and all the things. If there's any stories breaking off the field, we're going to get to that stuff. We're going to you know we're the commissioner always complains every year. I mean, kind of rightfully so that he, he has the state of the union address that he had today. And he talks very little about the game. He talks about yeah. everything around the game and that's, that's legitimate. But, you know, I, I also, like I said, I've, I've been in every Super Bowl since Super Bowl 25. And I, I know Super Bowl 25, there was a one week separation. My brother won the AFC championship game against the Raiders. They blew him out in Buffalo. And the next day they were in Tampa and it just, it, it would feel, I think too rushed to go back to that one week. Um, and so if you got two weeks, you got a lot of time. And so um, it's hard to spend two weeks talking about X's and O's as much as I love it. It's, you know, it's, it, 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 you'll, people will get exhausted because they just can't comprehend all that information a little bit. So that, I, I, I think that's a good, healthy blend of it right now. So one thing I discovered when I covered my first Super Bowl about five years ago was as a media member, 
you can get into these parties. Like you just, you email and yep. they let you in and, and all that stuff. So that was obviously a big deal for me. I'm not Brian Baldinger yet. So, you know, I had to let him know I was coming. Do you, yeah. how do you, do you plan ahead? Do you know where you're going? Are we going to get some, some Baldy X's and O's breakdown of, uh, you know, the Rolling Stone party? What, what's your game plan down there? Well, I, like I'm going to Jaws' cigar party. Jaws' nice, nice. cigar yeah. party. It's a great party. You got a couple good-looking girls that, you know, really want to come. So, you know, we'll, there you go. I'll be a good escort. I'll be a good host. All that. We'll have some fun. Uh, but I, very, I tell you, very I, I mean, I've got a lot of stories about the nightlife. I mean, you know, Maxim used to throw the party. And every. I, mean, I, I remember when Jim Haslett was the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and he was trying to get in the party. He's, like, bugging me to get in. You know, like Maxim mm -hmm. threw an unbelievable party for a long time. Playboy threw a great party for a long time. And I remember, and it's kind of ironic that it's uh, that Super Bowl's in Miami this week, but I remember being with Steve Bashotti and his wife. And he's like, Baldy, we, we got to get into Shaq's party. Come on. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, and like, here's the owner of the Ravens asking me, like, how, how, you know, we got, we, we can crash this thing, Baldy. We can get this thing done. Yeah. You know, and so there is a Shaq and Shaq does have a party that people are starting to ask me about on Friday night. But I, sometimes I'm like the tag along guy. Sometimes I've, you know, I got it, you know, the right, you know, the right guy on the inside. And then sometimes yeah. I'm like everybody else trying to get in. Like I remember LeBron threw a party in South Beach and it was pretty good. And I went in with Jerome Bettis and I didn't have a ticket, but LeBron was out there kind of looking at heads and, like who was in the line and all this kind of, and it was a mm -hmm. big line to get in. And I just kind of rolled with, with bus and I got in, you know, I got in LeBron's party that year. It was pretty good. So uh, it's kind of hit or miss, but I feel like I, I can't stay to these parties till five o'clock in the morning anymore, Elliot. So I don't know, like I'll, I'll get into some and some I'll just sort of tag and some, I got some decent connections. Yeah, well, all I'm saying is next year I'm pretty Super Bowl. Pretty sure Super Bowl is in LA, if I'm not mistaken. So if I can get Radio.com to send me, I might have to be your tag on for for at least one of these. I'm I not Jerome Bettis, Tampa but next year. I think Tampa. Tampa. Okay, all right. There yeah, we go. It's in LA, but but I might be wrong. You might be right. I know the stadium opens next year. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the game now. Um, first, it, the fact it is in Miami. Is this something you worry about with these players? I mean. When the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, uh, it was in Minnesota. Didn't have to worry as much about going out uh, there, obviously. So is it something you worry about with the players kind of handling this as a former player yourself, just the distractions that come with this game? Is that something these teams need to worry about? Well, I mean, you always have to have the conversation. I mean, everybody remembers Eugene Robinson down in Miami, you know, when it was, uh, you know, Denver and Atlanta. And, uh, you know, he kind of ruined it uh, for the team that day. Everybody remembers when it was Oakland and Tampa. And Barrett Robbins went across the border, you know, and uh, didn't come back and they lost their starting center for the game. I mean, these things have happened. I'm sure that security has reminded both these teams of what could happen. I mean, I've, I've heard stories from Willie McGinnis with the Patriots and Belichick has sent practice squad and injured players home because they're the ones that abused, you know, the curfew. Yep. Uh, so there, it's out there. There are real stories that have happened. Obviously, everybody remembers Hollywood Henderson. And the Cowboys out with the Pointer Sisters the night before and what he did to stay awake the next day. I mean, that's all on the record. So, but I, I feel like these two teams, Elliot, like I, I, I guess we should never be shocked by anything that anybody does. But I really find it hard the way these teams have gotten here. Who is their leaders that we're going to see any incidents in South Beach or 
in South Florida here where guys are going to get themselves in trouble and be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I, I just don't see it from these rosters right now. Yeah, I think I think you're dead on about that. And I'll also say that sometimes with Super Bowls, you see the hot team, you know, kind of coming in nine and seven and they and they earn their way to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs had a bit of a lull in midseason. I would say obviously with Mahomes going down and the, the attention the Ravens got. But I think we can legitimately say we there are two of the best teams in the league playing in this game. You know, when you talk to people both around the league and also just other media members and fans, I think there has there's been a while since people were as excited for a Super Bowl as this one. And that's because of the offenses. I mean, the 49ers offense is so fun to watch with their play designs, the, the way they balance the run in the pass. Uh, Raheem Mostert coming out of nowhere and being, you know, really one of the better running backs in the NFL in some ways when you talk about how fast he is and how he fits in that defense. Uh, and then obviously with the Chiefs, you have Patrick Mahomes, who can be kind of a one-man show, but then also has Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill with him. So I want to break down the uh, Chiefs offense versus the 49ers defense and then also the 49ers offense versus the Chiefs defense just wh where you see the strengths, where you see the weaknesses. So let's start when the Chiefs offense is on the field versus the 49ers defense. What matchups are you looking at, and how do you think these two units match up against each other? Well, I'm, I'm actually doing a, a good piece, I think, today on the Chiefs offensive line because nobody really pays any attention to him. I mean, Mahomes has just been so dominant. But, you know, I, he did miss a couple games, you know, with the knee injury, but he's been sacked a total 17 times this year. Mm -hmm. They're number one in the league on third downs. Now, you can say it's all Mahomes, and to a degree it is. But you know Stefan Wisniewski. I mean, every team needs a Wisniewski. That guy can just flat-out play. Started for the Eagles in Super Bowl 52. He's their left guard. Um, Mitchell Schwartz, I, I don't pay attention to PFF. I'm not downgrading what they do. I just don't have time to study that stuff. But mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know where he ranks at right tackle, but I never see Mitchell Schwartz get beat. Um, I see him against Von Miller. I see him against J.J. Watt. I see him against the league's best, and he doesn't get beat. He's a, he's a great player and has been for a long time. He started 128 straight games for the Chiefs. Um, Andy, as you know, um, Elliot, like he can always find a free agent center. You know, he can lose Mitch Morris. I yep. mean, Austin Ryder comes in, and, you know, he, he plays. Eric Fisher was the number one pick in the draft. He's probably their weakest link. But Andy also knows how to protect his edges, whether it's tight ends chipping, backs chipping, sliding. He has all of the wrinkles you need. If Nick Boza and Eric Armstead and DeForest Buck, and these guys just go crazy, like he has a way to, to slow them down. And so when you look at that matchup, to me it starts with Andy's ability to protect his quarterback, the way that he does it, the line. And then with Mahomes, he's always looking deep to short. He's always looking to just put the knife right in your back because – that's what he did at Texas Tech for three straight years, and that's what he's done in this league. And so I don't care where anybody is on the field. Everybody is a potential receiver when Mahomes has the ball in his hands, and that's why they're the most explosive offense in football right now. So with doing some research for this game, reading stuff you know, all over, uh, one thing I found really interesting, I wanted to pick your brain on this, was uh, Warren Sharp, who does a great job for sharpfootball.com, uh, wrote an article or a, or a Super Bowl preview, basically saying that one thing, the, four, the 49ers front four, as good as they are, and they are very good, as good as they are, one thing that happens against them is teams don't throw a lot early on against them to try to avoid the pass rush. So you see a lot of runs against the 49ers defense because people are afraid of that pass rush. 
But the Chiefs are one of the teams that throw it the most early downs in, in the NFL. They love to put it in Mahomes' hand early on. And the point he was making, which I thought was an interesting one, was that because of that, you will see that the 49ers pass rush potentially tire out later in this game than they normally do because of how much the Chiefs are going to throw it early on. I know you've watched every snap of every 49ers game this year. We hear about the big names, obviously, with, with Bosa and those guys. Do you think the 49ers have the depth along the defensive line to continually kind of get pressure on Mahomes, especially with how good that Chiefs defense, offensive line is? Well, I mean, we've watched the Eagles for, you know, every year under Jim Schwartz here. Yep. I mean, there's a drop-off when the Eagles take off Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox out of the game. You know, but they have rotated the defensive line of San Francisco all year. I mean, they've, they've basically dressed eight defensive linemen all year long. They've lost a couple because of injury. But, you know, Bosa does play every snap, but I expect him to play a high volume of snaps here. You know, somewhere around 80% of the snaps. I mean, yeah. you've gotten him to this point healthy. Now you play him as, as long and hard as you can. Now, I, I think there's going to be a certain amount of um, rotation uh, because that's who they are, and they're going to keep them fresh. But I also expect, since this is the, the finish line, that they are going to probably play more than they have played. Now, do they get tired in the fourth quarter? I mean, I, we won't know that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what how they play. But I, I would expect Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner and D Ford to play a lot of snaps because I think they've, you know, they've gotten two weeks ready to get ready. And uh, I think they're well-rested. And I think they are conditioned to play a lot of snaps in this one. So situational football is normally what decides the outcomes of these games. Third down, red zone. Uh, when you look at the 49ers defense, they were okay in the red zone this year. Not great. At least it was not one of their strengths. Um, when you look at the Chiefs offense versus the 49ers defense in both the red down and third down, who do you give that advantage to? Well, I mean, the Chiefs have been the number one third down offense in football this year. Mm -hmm. um, and and he's always been great at designing third down offense. And he's got a quarterback that sees the whole field. And so I give the advantage right now to Kansas City. but. You know, the one thing about San Francisco in this battle is, is they are predominantly a zone team. And I would want to be a zone team against Patrick Mahomes. I'd want as many eyeballs looking back on him as I can. I think they have very good team speed, if not great team speed, at every position and every layer. Um, this uh, Dre Greenlaw is lightning fast, is, as is Fred Warner. We'll see how many snaps Quan Alexander needs to play. Uh, depends on personnel groupings. but. You know, when I watch this defense, like, flow, their front seven screens, all the things that require speed to defend it, um, I, I, I think they're very well equipped to be able to handle it. So before we move on to the 49ers offense versus the Chiefs defense, I'm assuming you're going to give the edge to the Chiefs offense over the 49ers defense uh, in terms of just overall matchup? Yeah, I mean, if you just go head-to-head, -head, yeah, I think the Chiefs offense is – the most difficult to defend in the league hmm. uh, because they, they stretch you horizontally and vertically like nobody else. And so they, they make you defend the entire field. And look, as good as San Francisco is, you're not getting that against a lot of opponents throughout the season. So the 49ers offense, uh, I think the, the conversation about them in a lot of ways, it, it's always about the running game, and rightfully so. I mean, especially what they did in the NFC Championship game. We already talked about Raheem Mostert and kind of his explosion onto the scene. But I think with, with really any offense, when you start to talk about them, you have to start with the quarterback. 
And Jimmy Garoppolo, a lot of people will look at as the, the wild card in this game, right? They'll say, well, they're, they're going to try to game plan around him. They want to run the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo just has to manage the game. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is being criminally underrated for what he's accomplished this year. And I have some stats for you just to show how good okay. he's been when, when they've needed him to be good. All right. His QBR in the fourth quarter when it's close within one position or one possession is the best in the NFL, 84.0. His passer rating when trailing is 115.7, best in the NFL. On throws 15-plus yards down the field, 60% completion percentage, best in the NFL. And when he gets outside the pocket, his passer rating this year has been 154.0, the best in the history of the NFL. So I think that, yes, the 49ers run run uh, offense is very good. They are elite at it. Shanahan's great at calling it. But I think this perception that if the 49ers have to throw to win, that they won't win is not true. I think you can look at Jimmy's performances against New Orleans on the road, obviously in one of the toughest games to play where he went and did it there. If you can win there, you can win in the Super Bowl. So coming into this, I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo as a weakness. I see him as a strength. And I'm just curious how you think he matches up against this Chiefs passing uh, pass defense. Well, I, I you know I, I feel like I have spent a great deal of time this year defending Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I kind of... I don't feel like I, like I, I, I need to do it, but I, I feel like I need to do it because yeah. of the tra- the detractors out there, and they don't have your numbers that you just have in front of you. But I was there in New Orleans that day, in that forty-eight to forty-six shootout. I had NFL Network analysts here today tell me that, oh, if the 49ers fall down fourteen to nothing, they're going to get away from their game plan. They're just going to throw it. I'm like, you, I mean, you just kind of like shake your head and go, do you watch these games? I mean, yep. Like they were down 21-7 in New Orleans in that atmosphere. They didn't abandon anything. And he was terrific. But I, I mean, if you just watch Jimmy Garoppolo and what they ask him to do, which is a lot, like any quarterback, changing plays, check with me's, run pass, you know, run, run. I mean, all the things to check he has to do, he seems like it's he's c- kind of flawless about it. He's as tough as can be. You'll see him take these hits, and he's not an overly big guy or anything like that, we know. But he's awfully tough. And the guys implicitly trust him, and they like him. And so I think quarterbacks have a much better chance. Brady is an outlier. But most quarterbacks, if they're going to win a Super Bowl, they're going to win it early. Um, Now, some of them, you know, but Aikman won his early. You can just go through the roster. I mean, most of these guys win early. and. Jimmy's right there. I mean, he's right in the prime. I mean, he's not even in the prime of his career, but I think he had a huge advantage being around Brady and the Patriots, how to handle the whole atmosphere this week, all that stuff. Um, I think he's really in lockstep with his offense coordinator and Kyle Shanahan. I think Emmanuel Sanders was a huge boost to this team. I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to go out there and play at a, a level that if the 49ers win, he could certainly be an MVP candidate for the game. Yeah, I think his he's four to one right now in odds, which is pretty crazy for a quarterback. I mean, going in, they're almost always the favorites to be the MVP. Uh, who do you think has more more to prove in this game, Patrick Mahomes or Garoppolo? I mean, obviously Mahomes is considered a better player than Garoppolo, and rightfully so. Mahomes is arguably the best in the league right now, but because of the fact that he already has that reputation, and Garoppolo, I think you know, as we just mentioned, is kind of uh, slighted when it comes to his reputation around the league. Like, who do you think has more to prove? in this game or who has more pressure on them might be a better way to put it. 
Well, I don't, I'm not sure how to answer that, Ellie. I understand the question. But, I mean, both of them are here very yeah. early in their careers with a chance, maybe, to – I mean, they're going to be the face of these teams for a while. And so they're going to have opportunities. Now, getting to a Super Bowl is difficult to do. Um, winning it is even more difficult. Um, but I, I feel like both these guys are – on in organizations that are, will just continue to build around them. They're going to be good teams for a while to come. Uh, Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Kyle Shanahan's not going anywhere. They're going to they have a chance to meet again. Um, we know how that can all fall apart too. But as far as pressure, I, I, I think the strength of both these quarterbacks is we really haven't seen them fall prey to pressure. In fact, yep. all we've seen them under pressure do is excel. And so I, I don't think we're going to see somebody just go out there and play terrible. I mean, I just don't think either one of these guys will do it. Um, and I, I think both of them are going to be counted on uh, to make a lot of plays. I've always said, Nick Foles ruined this for me two years ago, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I've always said that in these games, the quarterback has to make five literally outrageous throws that you want to bump right to their highlight reel forever. I mean, you're just going to be in those situations, whether it's third down, fourth down, red zone, um, touchdown versus field goal. I mean, there's going to be five plays you're going to pull out and go, these five plays won the game. Now, Nick had 10 or 12. I mean, it was outrageous what he did. But I feel like both of them are capable. We certainly know Mahomes is. But I feel like both these guys are capable of doing exactly that. So, obviously, the offensive line is going to be key for the 49ers, both because of how much they like to run it. And also Garoppolo, although he's good outside the pocket, not the most mobile quarterback in the league, at least especially compared to Mahomes. Um, when you look at the matchup of the 49ers offensive line versus the Chiefs pass rush, where do you see the edge there? Well, I see the edge with the 49ers because of what they've just done. I mean, marching through Minnesota, who's got a, an experienced, talented defense. The Packers were a big play defense all year. And both teams were helpless to stop the 49ers in a run game. Now, I don't know if they're going to run it 40 to 47 times like they have here in these two playoff wins. Mm -hmm. But they will if they can. I mean, they'll do exactly the same thing if they have the same level of success. I mean, they've run it 89 times here in two games. And 38 of the 89 runs have gone for five yards or more, with, which is just exceedingly high. Uh, success rate in the run game. But you don't need stats to, to prove that. I mean, just watch the games, you can see it. But I, I I do think the way that they do it, Elliot, which is, it is not just finesse, but there's a great deal of finesse to what they do. And I know Spags in Kansas City knows that. And so Green Bay just tried to load up with muscle, linebackers, and all they did was just build a picket fence around it. And they, they sliced them up silly. So I'm anxious to see how Spags, I think Spags is going to bring a lot of edge pressure, uh, you know, especially with Tyron Matthew to try to just chase plays down as they start kind of working their way down the line of scrimmage on these zone option reads and things like that. But I give the advantage to the 49ers because they've won with Justin School. They run with Daniel Brunskill this year. They're winning with the backup center. Right now, I mean, it, it doesn't seem to make a big – they won without George Kittle. It doesn't seem to make a big difference who's in the lineup to this system right now that they have. 
All right, Baldy. So we've been picking games all season. We made preseason predictions. Each week we pick four or five games. This is it. The final prediction of the year. Time for your prediction for for the Super Bowl. Chiefs, 49ers. Who do you think wins this game? It's absolutely, Elliot, my toughest prediction I've made this year. Yep. It's it's extremely um, hard I, to make. It is. And I, and I feel like everybody in Vegas that sets these lines and everybody that is interested in making any kind of a wager feels the same thing because we see Patrick McComb, Mahomes overcome a 24 nothing deficit in the playoffs like it was nothing. Like mm-hmm. it was an like it was just a silly number that anybody I mean he made it look 24 nothing like it was 3 nothing. Like we just haven't seen anything like this. And you know if San Francisco allows Kansas City to just get into a track meet I mean they'll run him right out of the gym. So but I know Kyle is smarter than that and is going to do everything he can to prevent that from happening. All that being said, if I just look at just the two game seasons that both teams have had in the postseason, Elliot, San Francisco has been the better team. Mm. They've committed the fewest penalty, fewer penalties. They've taken care of the football better. They've been better on special teams. Uh, they've been more efficient. But Mahomes just gives you that X factor. All that being said, I like the the 49ers in a nail biter in this game. I don't know, 28-27, 30-28. I like it in a good scoring match, but I like the 49ers by a smidge right now. So first, I can tell how much it it pains you to have to pick against one of these teams. I just know from talking to you all year how big you've been on both of them, especially the 49ers. So I'm not surprised you went 49ers, but I could he- I could hear the pain in your voice of uh, having to pick the Chiefs to lose a game. So, Baldy, we are going to switch things up a little bit, get some gambling talk going on here. Obviously, it's the biggest game of the season, but I'm going to let you get on that PJ down to Miami, and uh, I will talk to you after the game. But uh, enjoy your your uh, your days down there and look forward to hearing all these stories from when uh, we were from for next week. Let's wrap it up next week, Elliot. All right, let's enjoy the game this this Sunday, and uh, let's talk about it next week. I look forward to it. As everyone that's been listening to the Prevent Defense podcast all season knows, hiring can be a challenge. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and growing businesses connect qualified candidates. Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder that four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, we all know it's the smartest way to hire, and you can see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes when you try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, now we are joined by... I call him Eli the Great because that's what he is known by, and you should all know him as that. But full name, Eli Herskovitz. He is on the You Better, You Bet podcast by Radio.com Sports. First time having him on this year. First of all, Eli, like, where you been at, man? You haven't been on the pod all year. You know, haven't been invited, uh, probably because you oh, forgot about my last name. So 
appreciate you getting it right this time. Well, I just think your last name is The Great. Like, that's how I view it. So Eli The Great, of course, has been on WIP all year, giving great picks out every Friday. Um, Eli, I know from following you on Twitter that you get excited talking about some boring college basketball game on a random Tuesday night. So I can only imagine how excited you are for the Super Bowl this week. Yeah, man. Uh, I get very excited for talking about boring college basketball on a weeknight. So, yeah, I got I got a lot of prop bets going on for the Super Bowl. A lot of bets uh, overall. So uh, novelty props to national anthem, all that good stuff. So excited to talk about it with you. All right. So let, let's look at this from two ways. First, we'll get into, you know, the more, I guess, experienced gambler talk. But first, for people listening that, you know, probably don't place bets throughout the year and just want to do it this Sunday, um, what are some kind of simple bets or bets you like that just a casual fan should keep an eye out for this week? Yeah. So if you're looking at the game line, the 49ers and Chiefs with Kansas City favored by roughly a point, a point and a half. It's at Kansas City minus two at some books. So that means if Kansas City wins by two, if you're getting them out at a minus two or minus one, if they win by one, they win by two. That means you push on that respective bet, which means you get your money back. And if they win by three, if they win by two, depending on if you have Kansas City minus one, or minus two, that means you win your bet. And if they lose mm. by anything or win by anything uh, less than that or or lose overall, that means you lose your bet. So uh, the, the line is interesting there because it's basically at a pick em. So you're taking the, the 49ers to win the game. You're taking Kansas City to win the game. The over-under is somewhat inflated at 54 and a half. So again, if you're betting the over, you're looking at the game total to go 55 or above combined points. And if you're betting the under, you're looking for the game total to to, uh, go 54 total points or below that number. I think the over is a really attractive play on the, on the over under the total for this game. I I was trying to find a reason to bet the under, right? Because we've seen a lot of money coming on the over since the, the total was released by a bunch of different sports books and the consensus total is, is 54 and a half. But you just think about two high-scoring offenses, and I understand that Jimmy Garoppolo has been held back in the playoffs because San Francisco's San Francisco has had a lot of success running the football. But you would think they're going to have to play from behind at some point in this game with how explosive Kansas City's offense is. And while the 49ers have a, have a good defense, uh, better uh, against the pass than against the rush, Patrick Mahomes is so good outside the pocket. So I would look for this total to go over and, and I, I trust Garoppolo more than some other sharp batters out there. Uh, again, just because he's been held back just because he only had what eight pass attempts against great mm-hmm. day. He was successful in the regular season uh, over 4,000 yards passing. I like the over in this game. So this is very much a pro Garoppolo pod. So I'm happy to hear you say that we, uh, me and Baldy <laughs> defend Garoppolo almost, almost every week. At least not early on in the year, I was anti-Garoppolo. Now I'm pro-Garoppolo. So happy that uh, happy you feel that way. When you look at some of the player prop bets, though, um, I know you said you really you think George Kittle is going to have a big game. Uh, what, what are some player props you like? Yeah, I, I really like George Kittle to go over the receiving number of 72 and a half yards. So again, for the, for the casual better, for the amateur better, you're looking for George Kittle to rack up if it's 72 and a half at your book, 73 yards or more. For this prop bet, uh, I, again, looking at Kansas City's defense, even if the Chiefs want to put Tyrone Matthew on George Kittle, because that's probably 
the best matchup, a strong safety, a guy that can run with Kittle, even though he doesn't have the size, you definitely don't want to put a linebacker on that dude. But again, if you think about the, the San Francisco skill position players, the, the 49ers are going to want to put Debo Samuel in the slot. So it, it, you're likely going to be seeing a lot of spread offenses for San Francisco. I would think that Matthew inevitably gets on Samuel for most of those sets when San Francisco is looking to throw. And again, you're, you're going to see the 49ers run the ball a lot too in this game, especially if it's close. And that's what we've seen throughout the playoffs. So from a matchup standpoint, uh, even though Kansas City is going to wrap, uh, want to wrap uh, um, Tyrell Matthew on George Kittle for most of this game, I just don't see it from a matchup standpoint happening because of the way the 49ers line up their offense with Samuel in the slot a lot. So I think you get Kittle on a linebacker for a majority of the snaps that San Francisco looks to throw the football and he takes advantage. It's the first time in a Super Bowl that, that we've seen two tight ends um, on each respective team to rack up over a thousand receiving yards. And the matchup is much more prosperous uh, to me for George Kittle than it is for Travis Kelsey because of the way, again, San Francisco can line up a safety on Kittle. And I don't think that's going to be the case for, uh, or can line up a safety on Kelsey. And I don't think that's going to be the case on George Kittle. And then if you're looking for MVP odds, right. And I know I'm all in on exactly what I was just about to ask you. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at the, the price and George Kittle's at 18 to one. So if, if I think George Kittle is going to go over on the receiving yards and again, if you're trying to find value in the MVP odds, Garoppolo is somewhat appealing at around plus 240. So that price is telling you that you're going to bet $100 to win $240 for a net profit of $340. But I'm trying to look for more value across the board. So a defensive player, a skill position player, I think Kittle has value. So what are some bets you would stay away from? Um, obviously, you said you like for the MVP, how you feel about uh, you know, that overall game itself, but what are some bets you would stay away from? Yeah. I, you know, the, the, the obvious one to me, and he opened at 12 to one to, to win the MVP. He's somewhere around plus eight fifty. He got that all the way down to plus seven fifty. Uh is Raheem Moster because he has the big game against the Packers. Obviously Tevin Coleman did his damage against the Vikings in the divisional round, but Mostert is what's, is the last San Francisco running back to have success. That's what that's what's in people's minds. We always think about in, when you're betting on the NFL, right? If you're you're gonna you're gonna see lines and odds in general, whether it's in the prop market for MVP odds or the total or the line, you're gonna see it be reactionary towards the game before. That's always the way betters' minds work, especially again when you're talking about public betters and not sharp betters that are looking to find better value in the numbers. So Mostert has success against Green Bay. Therefore, he is the he has the third shortest odds to win the Super Bowl MVP behind Mahomes and Garoppolo. That's it. Those are the only two players with shorter MVP odds uh, than, than Raheem Mostert. So that's one that I'm looking to stay away from here as well. I know Tevin Coleman's status is one to watch for, and if, if San Francisco gets up in this game, uh, then, then Mostert would be the, the biggest beneficiary if Coleman is limited at all, and they they don't go and they shy away from uh, from Brita. But I, again, I'm looking to try to find value, and to me, at plus eight fifty to win MVP, 
uh, even his rushing yards prop too. I'm looking to stay away from a a number that's a little bit inflated uh, because it's reactionary towards the last game. How many bets do you think you'll place on Sunday? (laughs) I would go with, well, there's also the live betting aspect of this too. And betters, yeah, man, even, even though you like, you like to always like to say that you like to follow my tweets uh, and see me blow up on Twitter. So even though I would love to tell you that I won't chase in this game and let's say my Kittle prop blows up the over on receiving yards, um, I, I, it'll probably be somewhere in the range of 15, I want to say. Maybe that was lower than what you would have thought. But I'm <laughs> staying in the ballpark of 15, and then if it gets to 20 um, at tw- or 25 or 30 as the game goes along here, or maybe it's Saturday night and I'm looking to throw some money down on some other novel- novelty props. But I'm probably looking at the range of 15. You savage. So, all right, let's move past the game a little bit. Talk about some of the the bets probably, uh, you know, if you're at a Super Bowl party, that type of thing, a little more maybe fun to place than, you know, real live halftime second second half lines or whatever. Um, what are some of the, you know, non-football bets you're looking at that uh, you like or, you know, you'll be maybe placing one of your 15 bets on? Yeah, so the now that you say 15, it seems pretty low. So I'd probably – Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I it's a Super Bowl, buddy. Uh, Step your game up. Fair enough, Elliot. Uh, once you get my last name right twice, then I will put more than 15 bets down on the Super right, Bowl. But, um, but, but yeah, I like the, the opening coin toss. As, as, as the, the main host on You Better You Bet always says, uh, Nick Costos, tails never fails. And you know, I'm a heads guy, to be honest. Like, what, what would you lean towards in, in heads or tails, Elliot? Because I'm kind of leaning towards tails, even though I do typically like heads. Well, so what are, are there odds on this, or is it? I mean, I would think tails would be favorited. I mean, it does never fail. Eh, yeah, wow. it, I know, right? It's uh, wow. the, the cliche, but it's, it's minus 103 both ways. So you're getting the same odds both ways. Hmm. So I think I would bet tails if I had to bet. All right. Well, I would probably be with you on that one. Uh, yeah, I would go with uh, I would go with tails as well. And then again, just looking at some of these some of these other extravagant props uh, that come up. Um, again, if we're looking at like Demi Lovato with her performance is over under 119 and a half seconds. I, I would. That's for the uh, national over. anthem, right? That's yeah, the national exactly. anthem. The national anthem, right? And the only one that's gone over. See, this is where again. This, this might be my, the contrarian in me to come out right now because the only national anthem that's gone over uh, in her you know, big uh, national anthem experiences has been during the McGregor fight in 2017. That was the only one over 119 and a half seconds. So you're talking just over two minutes. And I understand that the, again, the past national, her past national anthems have been under, and this is crazy that I'm trying to cap a, a national anthem prop for you. Yeah, this is amazing would, stuff. Go I, ahead. <laughs> I would kind of lean over. I, I kind of want to go contrarian here, and I, you know, you might see a little bit better value. Uh, you will see better value on the on the over. You know, closer to game day when you get public betters filing in and looking at past trends, past trends for national anthem lengths. I, I'm going to go with the over on Lovato uh, for her for her national anthem, Elliot. If I set. If I set the over under at three and a half for Demi Lovato songs that you could name, what would you? What was it over or under? Uh, way under. Uh, especially way under. Pin me out. Give me no time to prep. Uh, yeah, my music selection just overall 
isn't great. So to name a, a Demi Lovato song, to be honest, I don't think I can give you one off the top of my head right now. All right. Well, I would guess you could probably name a Shakira song or at least a Jennifer Lopez song. I would hope one of those two, right? I can give you Hips Don't Lie. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's <laughs> okay, fun. there we go. Um, I got, so I got you one there. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to pass on the rest of uh, even Jennifer Lopez. I, you know, oh, I have to have to, you know, right now, I don't think I could give it to you, man. I really don't. How many could you do? How many could you do? Well, I, in college, downloaded an entire Jennifer Lopez CD. So I think I could, I could probably beat you on this one if I had to. I'm not, I'm not as big of a Shakira guy. I would guess Baldy also does not fall in the category. Well, actually, that's not true. I bet Baldy enjoys uh, music of all tastes. So let's talk halftime Super Bowl, and then, uh, and then we can move on to, I guess, your, your final pick for the game. But any, anything with the halftime Super Bowl, I mean, what's your kind of your most interesting prop bets there? Yeah, I mean, the Jennifer Lopez's uh, wardrobe changes is probably the, the most interesting one to me. Over uh, under two and a half, and the over is getting pr- uh, steamed pretty heavily right now, minus 140, and uh, the under is even. So for even money, if you if you bet a dollar on that, you're going to get a dollar back. So a net profit of, of $2 are in $20, $20, so on and, and so forth. I think the, the over is the play, even though there's a lot of juice on that. When I say juice, the minus 140 tells you minus 110 is a standard bet. Minus 140 tells you that there's juice on that prop, on that line, on the total, uh, whatever it may be. So that's what I'm referring to when I say juice. I would go with the over on Jennifer Lopez uh, wardrobe changes. I think she, with all of her songs, even though I can't name one of you right now, I would assume there's going to be uh, – some different, some different selections for for her for her taste. Well, I, I appreciate that you can't name one of her songs, but you have some in depth analysis on what she'll be wearing at halftime. So that that is why that is why you are Eli the Great. Um, all right, before I let you get out of here, let's just get your final pick for the game. Uh, as you mentioned, it's basically a pick. Um, so who do you see winning on Sunday? Yeah, I, I you know it's everybody's on Kansas City for the most part, uh, especially because a lot of people that I know that have bet on you better you bet. Uh, that Chiefs future is going back to late November, early December. So if they're hedging on a San Francisco money line, then that's it. But they, they think Kansas City wins this game. I just think the perception being warped around Jimmy Garoppolo is is kind of forcing that narrative, right? That Garoppolo can't win this game for the Chiefs. And I know this, I know Kansas City's defense is playing a lot better. They were able to stop Derrick Henry uh, in the AFC title game. But Kansas, but uh, but San Francisco is a completely different beast. Like for for everybody that wants to say San Francisco beat Green Bay and Minnesota to get to the Super Bowl, Kansas City beat two AFC South teams to get yep. in Tennessee and Houston. That's it, and they were given the bye by New England losing to Miami in in Week 17. So I think the good Garoppolo shows up. I think Kittle has a monster day against that Chiefs secondary. And uh, I, I think San Francisco wins this game outright. Uh, I agree. That's also who Baldy picked. So you should feel confident knowing that that's who Baldy picked and you were on the same as well. Um, I, was just, I just want to wish you luck on Sunday, both emotionally and financially. Um, I hope, you know, it's, it's a good day for you. I know it'll be an exciting day for everybody. Um, everyone should be following him on Twitter, uh, at, at Eli, whatever his last name is. You can follow him on Twitter. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will tweet it out. No, I'm just kidding. At Eli Herskovitz, Um I will tweet it out for people um, so they can follow you. Eli, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Elliot. Have a good one, man.
For all you guys having a Super Bowl party out there this week, obviously biggest game of the year, you got to throw the biggest party of the year. And part of doing that is, of course, getting the spread, getting everything set up. Maybe you're renting a tent if you're in San Francisco and you're doing it really big. And part of doing that can be hiring somebody to run your party if you're really doing it big. If you're like Baldy, if you're going to be out and about, you got to hire somebody to really go out and throw the best Super Bowl party, party possible. And as we know, as all of our prevent defense podcast listeners know that when you're hiring somebody the only way to get that done is zip recruiter because with zip recruiter it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on zip recruiter they get a quality candidate within the first day so if you're planning at the last second your party's on sunday you could get a qualified candidate if you're gonna hire somebody to throw you a party within the first day you can see why zip recruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes when you try zip recruiter for free at our web address ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Everybody enjoy your Super Bowl party. And thanks for listening to the Prevent Defense Podcast.